sit enjoying the shade. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Good evening. Happy Sunday and welcome to Drink in the Style, brought to you by Habitation Furnishing and Design in St. Louis Park. I'm your host, Gregory Rich, and I'm going to try to kill the early hours of this Sunday night with some booze and conversation. Each week, right here on AM 950 and via podcast, Drink in the Style will feature conversations with guests from the worlds of interior design or architecture or some such associated industry while enjoying a cocktail created by a local bartender or mixologist. Joining us later in the show is our guest, nationally renowned and locally adored contemporary artist, Drew Beeson. Our mixologist again today is my good friend uh, and uh, general manager at Mill Valley Kitchen, Mr. Jordan Morris. Jordan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Greg. It's good to be here. As always, it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, Jordan, our guest today is Drew Beeson. Drew is known for his colorful and highly original abstract paintings, so what have you created to welcome Drew to the program? Well, to be honest, I was not familiar with his work uh, prior to earlier this week, but I, I dug in uh, thanks to the link he sent me, and I was instantly hooked. He had, for one, a very easy uh, and fun website to navigate, and lots and lots of really cool uh, abstract and almost psychedelic uh, art, which uh, spoke to me pretty uh, pretty quickly. He's got some great he's got some great stuff on the uh, on the site. And when he comes onto the show, we can talk about some really cool descriptors he's got for the art. Mm -hmm. Did you happen to see on his website the time lapse video uh, while he was creating? I sure did. That that helped me uh, wrap my head around it a lot more because when you you I still have plenty of questions on some of the, a lot of those techniques. Uh, how did he get the colors to run the way they did and all that stuff. So we can dig into that when he comes on the show. Uh, but yeah, that time-lapse video, there's actually one of the paintings on that is the inspiration for the cocktail we're going to do today. I believe it's called Diosphere. Diosphere. A perfect name. And you've created a cocktail based on, on that. Is it visually going to represent that, that piece? Yep, yeah. Which and We'll do our best to describe it uh, for our listeners today. But most of the inspiration for how we're doing this cocktail is with the visual uh, components. It's going to be a, again, we're calling it the Diosphere to um, reference, obviously, the painting it's inspired by. But it is essentially a New York sour. So it's a whiskey sour uh, with a red wine float over the top. It gives it a really cool layered uh, look, which on its own already is pretty fun and artistic, but then we'll kind of tweak that a little bit to give it a little more attitude. So tell me specifically what a whiskey sour would traditionally be. Whiskey sour would be uh, rye whiskey or bourbon, lemon juice, some simple syrup, and some with or without egg whites. Uh, this one we're going to be mimicking egg whites, though, with um, aquafaba, which is, as we mentioned in the first show, I had to bring it on uh, for this one, is the leftover cooking liquid from garbanzo beans, which is that protein leaches into the water. It, it can mimic the, the frothing characteristics of the egg whites very well. Which is amazing. Now, I think I had mentioned on the last show we were going to look into what the uh, water was called when you boil lentil beans. Did you have a chance to look into that, Jordan? I didn't check that out yet, but uh, I got to imagine there still would be some similar effect there. There's protein in all those legumes and, and lentils. It's, it's got to give it some uh, that, that same structure. All right, so Mill Valley this week is going to boil off some lentil beans. It's going to take the water, <laughs> taste it, see what it's called, or see what it tastes like, and then we're going to give it some kind of just fabulous and name. if it's not great uh lentil soup is one of my favorite things on the planet so we'll be good there <laughs> good to hear all right well why don't you take us through uh the creation of the diosphere and sure. uh, again diosphere uh being a, a work that drew had created i should mention as we talk about his website that you can take a look at drew's work at besonart.com that's b-e-s-o-n-a-r-t.com uh highly colorful highly awesome as I'm sure this cocktail will be. So kick us off, Jordan. Sure. Uh, so we're going to be shaking this cocktail. So shaker tin and um, a Hawthorne strainer, which is that strainer that has that fun little uh, spring on it, basically, just to keep the ice in, in the glass or in the shaker. So we're making um, our drink with Whistle Pig straight rye whiskey. It's uh, strong stuff, 100 proof, so it's going to really push through uh, that extra flavor we're adding with the red wine. That is the best name, by the way, Whistle Pig. Whistle Pig, yeah. It's uh, relatively new to me. About six months ago, a uh, uh, bartender poured some for me, and I, I fell in love. Uh, 
But uh, yeah, we have it in the restaurant nowadays. And that's made in uh, Vermont, I yep. think, correct? Vermont, specifically uh, Shoreham, Vermont. Shoreham, Vermont. I had a little sip of the whistle pig before the show, as we always do, just to get things up and running. Yeah, Traditionally, I've enjoyed bullet rye, mm -hmm. but uh, this whistle pig is fabulous. And you said mm -hmm. it's a higher proof than the bullet. So, yep. you know, it's a value. Really getting a lot for your whiskey dollar. Exactly. Especially with a drink that we're going to be mixing with uh, wine and lemon juice, simple syrup. I wanted something that's really going to, I didn't want it to fade away. I want you to taste the alcohol still. I want you to taste that whiskey. Which is beautiful because, you know, it's one of my pet peeves is that cocktails these days are almost designed to hide the taste mm -hmm. of the alcohol, usually with whatever sugary substance the bartender happens to have. I mean, worst case or best case scenario is simple syrup because at least that's semi-authentic. Mm -hmm. Worst case scenario, they put it together with, you know, some kind of soda pop concoction or or something so we're going to be able to taste the alcohol this is a real drink we're making. this is a real drink but it's still it is gonna it's definitely gonna soften the rye a bit but uh so yeah we'll start with two ounces of the whistle pig rye whiskey uh, one ounce of fresh squeezed lemon juice and we do have some simple syrup i took about a quarter ounce of the out of the original recipe so we're only adding a half ounce and you're pouring this into a shaker. Is there ice in the shaker? You're pouring it over the ice? Uh, no ice in the shaker yet. I always add ice last because as soon as the um, alcohol mixes with the ice, it starts diluting right away. And that diluted uh, uh, ice in the form of water is an important part of the uh, cocktail. We want to control that time, that cook time, essentially. And so as we mentioned, I've got about an ounce and a half of aquafaba. And you can make your own by boiling the garbanzo beans or just crack open a can and, and save the juice. And we're going to add an ounce and a half of that as well and then to give it a little assist uh, we're going to add a little bit of powdered sugar now it's not that strong and that sweet so it's just about a teaspoon or maybe even a little less uh, of powdered sugar since i did take out um, a little bit of that simple syrup from the uh, recipe but there's a little bit of cornstarch and emulsifying component in with the powdered sugar that when i shake it it's really going to uh, help make it nice and frothy so we're going to shake I'm going to add my ice. And uh, uh, Jordan did smash up some, some crushed ice before the show because we didn't want to destroy listeners' ear, uh, uh, eardrums. Yep, the crushed ice is going to go in the glass um, after I shake it. I'm shaking with whole uh, cube ice right now. I love that sound, by the way. I think you know what we're going to have to do? On our website, we're going to have to basically just splice that clip so people can download it and use it maybe as like a, a message uh, notification. Absolutely. So I'm going to fill up my lowball glass here with a scoop of crushed ice. And then we're going to strain our cocktail into the lowball. And we've got, uh, again, kind of a frothy top to it. Again, very much like uh, you would see if you were using an egg white. Uh, again, the benefit of using the, what did you call it? The uh, Aquafaba? Uh, Aquafaba. Aquafaba. I don't know why I can't remember that. <laughs> but that makes it also vegan friendly, which is actually kind of cool. Exactly. Everybody's invited to the party today. That is uh, looking really good. Okay. Yeah, and so it's got it's creamy white. It's got a slight yellow hue to it. And the crushed ice is going to allow for some fun stuff to happen when I add the wine. And so traditionally, you'll be pouring this over the back of a bar spoon just to, uh, very gently um, let it float on top. But I'm going to be a little more aggressive with it, but I've got it in a squeeze bottle so I can really have some fun kind of playing with the, uh, the lines and everything. Oh, this is fantastic. Again, Drew's art uh, is kind of a blend of acrylic paints. Uh, they bleed into one another. They create this whole abstract uh, uh, look and feel, and you have reproduced this in a cocktail yeah, glass. Yeah, and so the red wine is slowly trickling through the uh, the crushed ice, and it's sort of changing as you're watching it, which is what I noticed in the time-lapse video. Um, I saw him put some color down, walk away, and do something real quick, and then I slowly saw the colors kind of bleed and run and do some really fun stuff. And so that's kind of what we have going on here right now in the cocktail. And uh, I'm also going to add a little splash of color in the garnish. Um, it is a uh, two-combo peel garnish with lemon and lime, sort of twisted um, with no real rhyme or reason, and uh, with a bamboo skewer. And so we're just going to set that right on top. 
Just going to add a little splash of color, which in the Dinosphere does have a kind of a top layer of some yellow and a little green going on. And also when you drink the cocktail, leave it right there because as you drink it, you'll smell the, the citrus and you'll add to the complexity of the, the drink as well. You, whatever you smell, you taste. That is absolutely awesome looking. Oh my God. And Drew, I think is going to be really, really happy to take a look at this because you've actually crushed his work into a cocktail glass. You know, I think his, his, his painting is definitely a lot prettier, but, but this is, this is looking pretty cool. I got to admit, I was excited about this one. So we're going to have to be sure to put a picture of this and maybe even do our own time-lapse film of what this cocktail comes out looking like on the website, uh, which is by the way, drinkinthestyle.com. The website is going to have all of the cocktail recipes from previous shows. And then as we look forward to future shows, once we are fully up and running, we're going to start putting the cocktail recipes before the show so that guests and listeners can check out what we'll be drinking. Maybe you can drink along with us and enjoy the experience in real time. It's almost like living in the world yeah. rather than online. And if you're just a little bit late uh, to the show and didn't have time to get your ingredients ready, come on to the restaurant and we'll have it as a cocktail special all week starting, uh, starting tomorrow. An important thing to note, Mill Valley Kitchen on Excelsior Boulevard is an absolutely fabulous restaurant. We talked a little bit about the, uh, the, the restaurant uh, last week, but whenever we have a featured cocktail, it is going to be featured at Mill Valley Kitchen at a fabulous discounted price, I believe. During happy hour, for sure, uh, which is 3 to 6 and 9 to close Monday through Friday. We offer happy hour, which is half price, all of our specialty cocktails, and this will be included. That is awesome. All right. Well, when we come back uh, from the break, we are going to invite Drew Beeson onto the show. We are going to enjoy the Diosphere cocktail created by Jordan Morris at Mill Valley Kitchen. Uh, and then we're going to talk a little bit about some fun things and then Drew's art as well. You are listening to Drink in the Style right here on AM 950, and we'll be back right after these messages. Now, wait a minute. While shopping for a fireplace insert at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, I was amazed at all the choices. Not just gas, electric, or wood burning, but also built-in or freestanding, and options in every style from antique to modern. The staff really listened to us, explained the options, and helped us choose a fireplace we absolutely love. Now it warms our hearts and our home every winter. Thank you, Woodland Stoves, for a great addition. Hi, I'm Peter Solak, putting in a word for the EPA BurnWise campaign. It has important information about clean burn fireplaces. This is an important part of our mission at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces. We know that the fireplace has to work. Work with your life, work with your living space, and also be environmentally smart. Come see us. Learn to burn wise. We have over 35 working units on display at the corner of Riverside and East Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis. Visit our store in person or online at woodlandstoves.com. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, out of the ordinary products and services since 1977. Warning, stand-up records may cause intestinal distress, fits of insane laughter, instant diarrhea, existential malaise, headaches, nausea, dizziness, vomiting, seasonal affective disorder, more headaches, pneumomono ultramicroscopic silicovolcanoconiosis. Stand-up records should not be handled by women who are pregnant, may become pregnant, have ever been pregnant, or personally know anyone who has been pregnant. Do not consult your doctor if he's operating heavy machinery. Stand-up records is for external application only. And stand-up records is, of course, good for a few laughs. So remember that's standuprecords.com. For the world's finest comedy CDs, DVDs, and merchandise, that's standuprecords.com. The revolution will be hilarious. Turn to Auto Technical with your vehicle donation. Even though Auto Technical is a small nonprofit, we have helped more families with transportation than any organization in Minnesota. Since 94, we have reconditioned donated vehicles so they have a higher tax benefit. Call Richard at 612 919 5526. 612 919 5526 or autotech.org. Burger Moe's is the perfect neighborhood gathering spot before and after Excel Center events or anytime. Moe is serious about burgers, offering 20 fresh, never frozen varieties. Burger Moe's also offers delicious appetizers, soups, salads, as well as unburgers, dogs, paninis, shakes, and desserts. Not to mention more than 60 beers on tap and happy hours twice daily. Burger Moe's is located at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul with plenty of free parking and online at burgermoe's.com. 
Hi, I'm Matt McNeil, and I want to encourage you to join me weekday afternoons at 3 p.m. for the Matt McNeil Show. It's a Twin Cities-based full hour of talk where we discuss what's going on in the state and in the nation from a Minnesota perspective. We'll be joined by a lot of great guests, and we'll take your phone calls. Interact with us on the Twitter page, at Matt McNeil Show, the Facebook page, Progressive Citizen X, the Matt McNeil Show, and on email, comment at am950radio.com. The Matt McNeil Show, weekday afternoons at 3, right here on AM 950. Pick me a town in any climb Where people like a rockin' time Stay awake both Welcome back to Drink in the Style right here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. I'm Gregory Rich. I'm your host for this hour. And uh, we have Jordan Morris on the program as our mixologist. Jordan, welcome back. Hey, great to be back. We are drinking a cocktail that's been created by Jordan called a Diosphere. A Diosphere is a, uh, a fabulous combination of rye whiskey, red wine, a word I can never remember, which is the... Aquafaba. Aquafaba. Uh, mixed together and garnished with a combina combination lemon and lime zest. Our guest for the uh, segment of the show is Drew Beeson, local artist. Drew, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here. And uh, we've already set Drew up with a Diosphere, a fantastic cocktail. The beauty of this cocktail, uh, if you take a look at it at, uh, at our site, is that it's a basic yellow concoction over which we're pouring the red wine, and that's kind of trickling down into the drink, creating a, a similar look and feel to the art that you've created, uh, specifically the Diosphere piece, which you can see at Drew's site at www.beesonart.com. So, Drew, before we uh, get started, I'm going to ask you to lead us off with a taste of the Diosphere. And uh, after you have a chance uh, for, your, uh, for your mind to put these flavors together, I want you to give me one word that comes to mind when this hits the palate. So, uh, Drew is bringing the drink to his lips. He's about to enjoy the cocktail. It's going in. Give me a single word. What's, what's coming to mind? Ooh. That's surprising and, and delicious. Let's see, the, the word that I would choose, uh, complex. Complex. Yeah, can we go with that one? I, I'm going to accept it. I need a, a, a backup sip here just to confirm. All right, Drew has already started drinking heavily on the show, so this is going to be a fantastic episode. Um, we're going we're gonna to go next to Brett. Brett Johnson in the uh, sound booth has his own Diosphere set up. Brett, uh, can you hear me? I can hear you over there, yeah. Can I, you I'll... hear me, Clem Fandango? <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, I'm looking forward to trying this here, too. All right. All right, here we go. Brett, take us away. Brett is having a quick sip. And give me a single word. Hmm. Boy, I, I hate to repeat, but I will almost go surprising as well. I wasn't expecting that, but it was really good. Really? All right. And Jordan, and, you've and had I, these... I like what you described in the first segment there, too, Gregory, how... Uh, you can still definitely taste the alcohol, I think, in it, too. Which... You know, it's one of the things that, mm -hmm. that you know, uh, uh, that drives me absolutely crazy, and that is that, again, cocktails should taste like cocktails. It's an acquired taste to drink alcohol. There's no question about it. I don't know really anybody who just grabs a, a, a shot of whiskey and says, oh, this is delicious. But once you learn to appreciate what a cocktail is, what alcohol is, it has its own unique type of, of, of benefit, Right. <laughs> Yeah, well, especially when you're looking at all these, the, the craft spirits, uh, which we have plenty to, to celebrate here in Minnesota alone, um, but there, there's some serious heritage, and, and it's an artwork, too, in itself, uh, making these. So I think it's, uh, it's a little shaming to, to make it go away altogether. Um, just for the drunk. There's, there's, you got to appreciate that craft a bit. There's a place and time for everything, and, you know, it's why the good Lord gave us Bartles and James back in the 1980s, uh, before you could drink alcohol. But now, as adults, we really should try to appreciate what we are putting in our bodies for what it is. Drew is actually already a third of the way through his cocktail. Right. I was thirsty, I guess. I'm going in for my sip here. Okay, Jordan is trying his own creation, and uh, he's giving it some thought. I can hear the wheels I, turning. I gotta, I gotta say, sexy. 
I'm oh, saying sexy. Man, that's. I might have. I might have stole yours. Is that was. I, I don't know, but if you didn't, I'm gonna wish I had come up with that. All right, I'm gonna give it a quick try. All right. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go. I mean, obviously, you want a knee jerk to a little bit of citrus in it. But what I'm going to uh, overtones, and that's probably the aroma coming off the uh, yep. the, the the zest that we're tasting. Yep. But I'm going to call that. Oh God, do I? Is it terrible if I simply go with refreshing? No. See, I was going to say that as well. And I thought that sounds lame to say refreshing. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right, I get credit for yeah. saying what was the original thought, but then I lose credit because yeah, that is a that is a lame cop out. But it is refreshing. It is. Well, I mean, the whiskey sour is definitely a great uh, summer drink, and when we added the red wine, it gives it a little bit more of a. Um, I guess cold weather, uh, comforting feel to it. I know I'm looking at your drink right now, and it, the the red wine's dissipated in pretty good and kind of become one with the cocktail. Whereas mine still has kind of stuck to the top as a float there, and I got a big sip of red wine. I think that's kind of where I got that sexy vibe from. That and that's I mean, my God, everybody, seriously, go to uh, drinkinthestyle.com because. This seriously is an amazing drink. And then you can also try it if you don't want to put it together yourself by going into Mill Valley Kitchen because Mill Valley is going to have it on their happy hour menu Absolutely. starting now. Uh, and you can have it put together by a uh, by a, a mixologist. And I swear to God, you are going to absolutely love this drink. This is one of the best cocktails I've had this season. And I've had a lot of cocktails this season. Drew, does it seem like it's the diosphere in a glass? So, absolutely. When I was watching this get put together, and I have to uh, give props and and a ton of credit to Jordan for being really thoughtful about the way that he did, uh, the video that's on the front of the website that Jordan saw includes a ton of the visual that actually goes together when the drink is being concocted. And just watching it, uh, in real time, slow motion, otherwise, it was fantastic to see the veining that happened with the red wine when it was uh, basically working its way through the crushed ice and uh, the chartreuse of the garnish. The The whole thing came together really well for me, and I think it was a great representation of the artwork that was on the front of the site. Another triumph, Jordan. Hoorah. Another I, triumph. I'll be honest, I was, I was a little nervous putting this together, but mostly excited because when I, I saw his artwork, Drew, I think your, your stuff was really fantastic, uh, and especially when I saw the time-lapse video, it got me really excited, which then translated into me being nervous because I wanted to make sure that I respected your artwork, especially since I was going on a limb without your permission and calling it the Diosphere. <laughs> it, it did a little better, um, uh, at least be a good uh, tip of the hat to, to what you really did there in the shop. Yeah, I thought it was beautiful, and and the colors are right. I mean the the berryosity of that uh, is that a word? Is that yeah. a genuine word? Berryosity? Yeah, I came up with it, but yeah, I'm I'm playing it. <laughs> uh, the the red purple uh, that that exists uh, combined with the chartreuse are both colors that exist, uh, you know, throughout that piece. And to watch the visual of how that wine worked was exactly like what it was like watching it on the on the video, which was f fantastic for me. Wow. Again, uh, perfectly uh, fantastic. And it's going to tie into when we start talking about your actual art. When we come back after the break, you've got the best term for, for what you've created. Cosmic molecular abstract. And if you talk about the veining that came through this cocktail as the wine seeped down through the cracked ice, and then you think about the art that Drew has created, you're going to bring this all together. You're going to see how it plays beautifully. So we're about to go to break. Uh, we are enjoying the Diosphere. We have uh, Drew Beeson on the show, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the art that he's created and some of the really unusual Minneapolis uh, events that he has uh, been a part of. Drink in the style. We'll hear you in just a minute or two. Mishad Cooley Erickson, a mechanical and electrical consulting engineering firm in Minneapolis, supports inclusivity by designing spaces for all user groups, honoring inclusivity and respect. These spaces include gender-neutral family restrooms and nursing mothers' rooms. For example, Mishad Cooley Erickson has designed lactation rooms for traveling mothers at the MSP International Airport. Designing these spaces has changed the expectations of similar facilities in airports around the country. Mishad Cooley Erickson designed safe and comfortable environments for occupants who are their number one priority. 
If you do-it-yourselfers are looking for the right tool for the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts Power Torque Tools DIY Day Sale. You'll find a wide selection of Power Torque Tools on sale now and guaranteed for life. Power Torque Tools DIY Day Sale going on now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The local advertisers you hear on AM950 are the lifeblood of the station. If you find yourself regularly tuning in, or if you appreciate the diversity of content we deliver, please take the time to support our advertisers. Even if it's just to thank them for backing AM950, your voice and support can go a long way. Help keep the station going strong while investing in our local community. Find the complete list of on-air supporters by visiting the advertisers page at am950radio.com. That's am950radio.com. Downtowner Woodfire Grill in St. Paul is a perfect choice for breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week. Offering daily fresh seafood specials, fire-roasted meats, exquisite pizza, and half-priced bottles of wine on Mondays and Tuesdays, except on Excel Energy Center event nights. Once you experience their cozy fireside dining, extensive wine list, and bar, you'll be back for more. Gift certificates available, located at 253 West 7th Street with plenty of free parking, or online at downtownerwoodfire.com. And the first sentence of his email said, I'd like to stay anonymous. And the second sentence said, I'd like to donate a million dollars to the Global Good Fund. Where should I send the check? I'm Tony Lloyd, and I'm the host of the brand new show, Social Entrepreneur. If you love stories that engage, inform, and inspire, you don't want to miss it. Join us every Monday from 7 to 8 a.m. right here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Lowe's Tax Service on Ford Parkway in St. Paul has been preparing tax returns since 1971. They're one of the most successful independently owned tax services in the country with a diverse team of highly trained and screened tax preparation experts. Tax laws and forms are always changing, and you need someone who is a dedicated tax preparation professional. Visit www.mohstax.com. That's M-O-H-S tax.com. Or give them a call, 612-721-2026. Most tax service, they work for you, not the IRS. With your AM950 weather, I'm Hunter Haas. Tonight, cloudy with a low around 22. Monday, mostly sunny with a high near 36. And Tuesday, mostly sunny with a high near 33. This week's EatLocalMinnesota.com Restaurant of the Week is Crooner's Lounge and Supper Club. Enjoy a unique and contemporary spin on continental cuisine, food and drink specials made popular in the 1920s, a time when people made dining out a special occasion. Located at 6161 Highway 65 in Northeast Minneapolis. You work and work for years and years. You're always on the go. You never take a Welcome back to Drink in the Style right here on AM 950. This is Gregory Rich. I'm your host. And this afternoon, actually this evening, we are drinking a Diosphere, which is an absolutely fabulous uh, cocktail that is created in honor of our guest, Mr. Drew Beeson. Drew, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. And uh, Jordan Morris uh, from Mill Valley Kitchen has created this amazing cocktail. Jordan, you've outdone yourself. This is absolutely delicious. Thank you very much. It was, uh, I guess, was mentioned to you uh, on our commercial break there. I was a little nervous. I was so impressed with this artwork to do something in honor of it and call it um, the Diosphere. You know, I was a little nervous there. But Drew, it it passes the test. It's it does justice to the name. Absolutely, I'm thrilled about how it tastes and looks, and I'm excited for people to be able to try it. That's fantastic. Well, Jordan's going to be leaving us, but before you go, Jordan, do you want to tell us what you have on the menu for uh, Mill Valley this week? Yeah, well, besides the the Diosphere, obviously, that we'll be featuring, uh, we do have some new menu items. We brought on some Canadian elk as a great entree. We've got uh, the back by popular demand kimchi fried rice, uh, which is available in entree and sides. And... um, yeah, a few other fun things. So check it out. There's always something new at Mill Valley Kitchen. Absolutely true. Again, Mill Valley Kitchen. The address being? 3906 Excelsior Boulevard, right on the corner of France and Excelsior Boulevard, just outside of Uptown and right by Lake Calhoun. And that's about uh, half a mile down from Habitation Furnishing and Design at 4317 Excelsior Boulevard. Jordan, thank you so much for the cocktail, and uh, really, you've done a great job this time. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. It's been a, a lot of fun. 
So, so Drew, we uh, we talked before the break a little bit about uh, this fabulous term that you have to describe your art, cosmic molecular abstract. I mean, that is, I mean, Donald Trump thought he had the best words, but quite honestly, I think you've just outdone him uh, beautifully. Thank you. I've got all the best words. You do have the best words. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're probably looking at a lawsuit at some point. So tell us about your art. And again, it's so hard to describe because it's so unique. It's so gorgeous. But how do you encapsulate what you create? Yeah, you know, it's a little tough because I exist in a visual world when people want to talk about color, when people want to talk about uh, certain aesthetic choices. It's always helpful to have a visual, to have a three-dimensional or to, to be in that space. The best way that I describe the things that I make are, uh, they are over the balcony big if they're successful. Mm -hmm. So I, I think the, the larger the better. Um, I've got work that is anywhere from the size of a, a small window to uh, way too big to fit through uh, folding doors or uh, or French doors. And I've seen you've also created like, you know, triptychs, like series of, of pieces on different uh, uh, canvases and different pieces of, uh, of wood block. Right. And so to be able to combine uh, that, to have multiple pieces that come together to make one larger piece is sort of my solution for... A uh, uh, freight elevator has a specific limitation. I can only get in a certain size, although I want to work as big as I can. So, um, so having them be multiple pieces that come together, and a lot of people don't know, there's a, it's called a polyptych, which is any variation of a diptych, triptych, uh, multiple pieces that come together to make one larger piece. I learned about this a little bit in uh, Florence, studying art history. And, yes. And I know you've got a history background, but uh, yeah, so that's where I first learned that, that multiple pieces could come together to make uh, one larger piece, and, and that's kind of where it started from. That makes all the sense in the world. I mean, it's you're, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, sometimes, given the scale of what you've created, you know, if you tried to make a single gigantic piece, it could be immovable. Uh, immovable. Oh, the uh, the diosphere is, is taking its toll. I just slurred terribly. <laughs> and remember, as Dean Martin said, uh, it's not called slurring your words. It's called talking in cursive, and it is elegant. <laughs> I love that. Right, exactly. So, I mean, so where do you find your inspiration for the pieces that you're creating? Well, as I have a cocktail, which is oftentimes <laughs> very helpful. Uh, so that's a question that people ask artists a lot, and uh, it's not a bad one. It's actually, uh, it's really, I think, helpful. Chuck Close is famously quoted as saying that Amateurs need inspiration. The rest of us just get to work. And so that's something that I tend to repeat because I think it's helpful for people to understand. Um, I'm, I do this professionally, and it's something that I, uh, whether I feel inspired to or not that specific day, uh, there's lots of things that go into being an artist, and it's everything from kind of owning a small business to uh, being the person who primes panels and gets things ready and runs a sander and uh, cleans the studio and all that kind of stuff. And then there are days when you really feel inspired. I joke that my genius is called Gwyn, and sometimes he's in the building and sometimes he's not. And when he's not, those aren't days that I'm putting paint to panel. So uh, you have to kind of know your mood. you got to know what you're up for. you got to know how you're feeling. And a lot of that self-awareness makes a big difference in whether or not you're able to execute things that are really quality. So Gwen is the genius that visits, you know, all right, so you mentioned the history, uh, and I'm going to guess you actually know this, but the concept of a genius back in Greece and Rome was that it was inspiration that came from without. If somebody talked about my genius, you weren't talking about, as we do today, I myself am a genius, or, you know, perhaps a highly stable genius, but um, you're not trying to take credit for your own ability to create things that are amazing, you were being visited from without by some kind of inspiration, and that was, definitionally speaking, a genius. Right. And you've kind of taken that concept back. Did you know that beforehand? I did know that. In fact, uh, in my uh, previous studio, I had a portrait of my genius who is sort of a monster-like figure. Really? Yeah, it seems kind of odd. He's got polka dots. Uh, <laughs> but there are times that he visits, and there are times that he's not in the building, and so... When he's not in the building, that's not when I'm creating something that I would show, or that's not something. Uh, it's just it's important for me to to have that portion, and I do think it's without. I don't think it's within necessarily. I mean, there are times when I wake up and I had a dream, or I 
I, you know, have seen a certain color palette from something, and I take that, but I see that as being from without also. That is that is so retro progressive i mean understanding again this is another one of the things that i go off on all the time which is that we knew more once than we know today we have more knowledge today but we don't understand things the way we used to back even you know 100 200 a thousand years ago and now we just kind of think that everything comes from within and you've got you know kind of the concept of an inner voice and i have no problem with an inner voice although i have an expression where you know in order for me to make decisions in order for me to work through things you know i need to verbalize them i need to talk to someone else because brett get ready on the button as i often say my inner voice is a complete asshole. did you catch it Excellent. All right. Um, but uh, nevertheless, I, I love that concept. I'm going to have to take a look at that particular that particular painting. Is it where do you keep it? Well, so I actually did an entire series of paintings uh, historically that that sort of depicted this genius of mine. Uh, only a very select few people who are close to me have access to these. But uh, so I, I also have it uh, one of them at my house, which is helpful. It's very flippant and uh, whimsical, but it's helpful for for me to remind myself that I don't have to get up every day and feel awesome or inspired or great. And to quote somebody that you appreciate, uh, Frank Sinatra, that he feels bad for anybody who wakes up feeling their best first thing in the morning. Uh, you know, oftentimes I feel like you just have to get to work, and whether it's the materials or the process or any of these things that come together, that you can really create some fantastic things, but it takes working through some of the less good stuff first. And yeah. so the stuff that's less good doesn't get shown, and the stuff that's great when you have a real moment of clarity, that's the stuff that makes it out to the world. So when you're creating your art, and again, hopefully our listeners are going to visit you online, take a look at some of the, the work that you've done. And, you know, again, it, it's kind of a blending of acrylics, it's it's the bleeding of colors into other colors. Almost to me, it, it always suggests, you know, synaptic nerves that are interacting. When you launch into a project, how do you do that? Do you have an idea of what the piece is going to look like when it's done? Or do you let your genius or, you know, physics, for that matter, take you down the road? Yeah, so there's a lot of physics that are, uh, that's involved, uh, chemistry, and those things play a big part, whether it's in the titles like Diosphere or in the molecular action in the paint. All these things are thermodynamic properties. They're playing with one another. It has to do with layering and timing and viscosity. And so all of those things I'm able to manipulate. I'm making a lot of my own paints and I'm adding all these different things to paints to change how they work with one another. And so I will limit myself because when you have every color in the universe, it can be a little overwhelming. I find that being able to work within some confines makes the things that I create more special and that limitation also yields a lot of creativity. So oftentimes I'll limit myself to a, a, a specific palette, maybe three colors and a surprise color. And by doing that, I'm able to not go totally crazy, especially if the cocktails are really working. <laughs> and and by doing that also, I can execute something that's on a palette that I have previously seen or enjoyed, or whether it's from an outdoor space or something that I've seen anywhere from Instagram to a fashion magazine to whatever else where I see these things combined. Or um, it could be a, a pack of Marlboro cigarettes. We're talking about smoking. Uh, in don't the gutter, smoke, kids. yeah, don't smoke. Smoking is bad for you. Uh, tobacco, but but just any combination of these things, any combination of these things together, can create a palette that I can then launch from, and that's one of the best starting points for me as far as creating. That is a, a fabulous question. Before we we're, we're we're running short in the segment, but you did kind of open the door to kind of a uh, combination of philosophy two hundred one. And uh, high school, first time I ever drank anything. You're talking about colors overall, and I know different artists have different perspectives on this. But do you think that we see the same color the same way? So in other words, is red 
red universally, or is your red individual and very different from my red? So I don't think that we see color universally. In fact, I think it's been proven that uh, a lot of it is based on linguists uh, are able to come up with vocabulary that help describe certain words. So there was a time when people didn't see the sky as blue. Isn't this this okay? Fantastic, right? It it boggles my mind. I can't get my head around how blue. Drew is going to launch into uh, a, a little bit of a discussion of the fact that blue as a color does not emerge in the historical record for like up until like fifteen hundred years ago was the last color that was defined. Right. How is that possible? I think it has to do with vocabulary. I think it has to do with uh, language, and so when. There are a zillion different terms for specific colors, shades of variations of specific colors, whether it's chartreuse to a green or whatever else. If there isn't those variations in colors, then you just can't know. And so, so I am really curious to know more about that, but I think it's, it's wild to think that the sky wasn't blue at one point, the sea wasn't blue at one point, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking for more verbal so I can do it too. We're going to have to visit this again in just one quick second, but we're about to go to break because we've run out of time. Drink in the style. We'll be back just after a moment or two. From North It may seem odd to be thinking about air conditioners in Minnesota in March, but it is better than waiting until the middle of July when you can fry a steak on your sidewalk. Fortunately, Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is offering $1,000 or more off high-efficiency air conditioners until March 30th. Save money and spend the summer in cool and relaxing comfort. Visit StandardHeating.com for details and come visit us at the Minneapolis Home and Garden Show. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, the comfort you deserve. Hello, this is Ellen Krug with Hidden Edges Radio on Sundays from 1 to 2 p.m. My show touches people's hearts. I hear from Twin Cities listeners and thanks to podcasts from listeners across the country that the subjects I tackle, like our commonalities and our collective struggle to survive the human condition, really resonate. Join me this Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. on AM 950. Maybe, just maybe, I'll touch your heart too. Burger Moe's is the perfect neighborhood gathering spot before and after Excel Center events or anytime. Moe is serious about burgers, offering 20 fresh, never frozen varieties. Burger Moe's also offers delicious appetizers, soups, salads, as well as unburgers, dogs, paninis, shakes, and desserts. Not to mention more than 60 beers on tap and happy hours twice daily. Burger Moe's is located at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul with plenty of free parking and online at BurgerMoe's.com. Hi, this is Gregory Rich from Habitation Furnishing and Design, and I'd like you to tune in to a new program, Drink in the Style. Sundays at 5 p.m., Drink in the Style is going to be a one-hour conversation about interior design and aesthetics, all while enjoying a cocktail created by a local mixologist. Drink in the Style, Sundays at 5 p.m., brought to you by Habitation Furnishing and Design. Prairie Oaks Memorial Eco Gardens is the first green cemetery in Minnesota. It's a beautiful, peaceful place where burials are celebrations of life with as little impact on the environment as possible. Tony Weber founded it because he wants to leave a green legacy for his grandchildren, something many of us might feel. Learn more. Visit the website mngreengraves.com. Give them a call. The goal is so meaningful, so positive, it might be right for you. Prairie Oaks Memorial Eco Gardens. What could be more Russian than Matryoshka, the nesting doll? I welcome you to see one of the largest collection of Matryoshka in the world, now on display at the Museum of Russian Art. A stunning range of sizes, types, and areas are represented, showing how this iconic souvenir has evolved over the last 120 years. Our thanks to Target for sponsoring this extraordinary exhibition, Open Daily. Find out about all our exhibitions and events at tmora.org. That is tmora.org. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. Welcome back to Drink in Your Style right here on the Progressive Voice of Minnesota AM 950. I'm your host, Gregory Rich, and we are speaking with Minneapolis-based artist 
Drew Beeson, and we started an amazing conversation about the color blue before our last segment ended. Now, uh, I don't know if, if uh, our listeners are aware, but for some absolutely bizarre reason that I cannot wrap my mind around, the color blue, the word blue, the concept of blue, was the last color used, the last time it was referenced, or the last uh, uh, color that was referenced in the historical record across multiple cultures. For some reason... There was no discussion of the sky as being blue. There was no discussion of the sea as being blue. And that's something that Drew is aware of as an artist. And uh, we wanted to pick up with that. So, Drew, what are your thoughts? You were going uh, to say that uh, essentially it's a linguistic issue, that there was no word to describe blue. But did blue as a color exist regardless of whether there was a word? And if it did... Why didn't someone come up with a word to describe blue? That's a good question, and I don't have the absolute answer. I'm uh, I'm kind of boggled by it myself. But my understanding, or or the way that I've been able to think about it, is that if people don't discuss things, uh, or if they don't talk about these colors in a way that is really descriptive, uh, or to differentiate between this and another, then they all just kind of blend together. And so, you know, to think that cultures at one point had like seven or eight colors that they sort of recognized or had a descriptor for. Uh, red is blood. I, I'm astonished or really confused why the sea and the sky, which I both would reference as blue, would be seen as white or clear at some point. And so I'm confused about that as well, but I, I, I guess I don't know even where to take it because I think that the more we can no language, I think that that is the, the thing that makes a difference. That's the thing that makes us know how to talk about it. And if we don't talk about it, then there's no way to describe it, and then it's not acknowledged. So once you label something, it exists. So if you talk about shades of gray, for example, um, if you give a gray a specific name, it takes on a life of itself, separate and over and above what would otherwise be thrown into a pool of, of all different grays. Well, there are people that make careers on this, coming up with crazy names to you know, reference gray, right? Benjamin Moore's got a whole staff of people that do this, right? And then the thing that I think is so interesting is that gray, as a good example, is I tried to stain my deck gray at my house, and the first time it was too purple, the second time it was too gray-brown, and then the third time it was too blue. So... All of these colors exist within a gray. So that's one of the reasons, going back to your earlier question, I prefer not to talk about color with people when I'm not looking at something visually as a reference because I really do think that people see all these different colors differently. Absolutely. That's exactly what I think. But I think we can all agree that periwinkle does not exist. <laughs> nope, it does not exist. Excellent. It's, it's right. not as, on the spectrum. As long as there is no periwinkle... I think the world is, is going to be just fine. <laughs> so, all right. So here in our fourth and final segment, uh, we like to open it up a little bit. And Drew, I want to give you a chance to ask me any questions that you would like about habitation, furnishing, and design, or Gregory Rich, or anything else that might uh, be of interest. I have some questions that cover a multitude of those things. So one of my first thoughts uh, after visiting the showroom earlier today especially was uh, do you have a favorite piece of furniture that's at habitation right now all right so that's that's i like that question um i mean we've got some really unique pieces i mean we can talk about uh this one octagonal chair that uh is is basically back in the day i used to import circular cribs round cribs from asia and uh then we would take off the drop side once the child had moved past the crib and we would sell a uh series of cushions and pillows that would turn it into a chair and a half. And I absolutely love that particular piece. And we can get in a bunch of different fabrics and, and things. It's it's a great it's a great piece. So that's probably my favorite. But we also have an item that you can see on our website at habitationdesign.com. Isn't that a smooth plug? Um, which is from a, a furniture supplier called Noir Furniture of Los Angeles. And they call it the New York Sideboard. And it is all these jagged, smooth, but pointed pieces of wood that come out. I call it the Game of Thrones Sideboard. And it just has depth. It has... It has 
gravitas, if you can call a piece of furniture having gravitas, and I absolutely love it. Cool, and I actually had heard you mention in our conversation earlier today that mid-century modern isn't your favorite era of furniture. I know it's kind of hot right now. Do you have a favorite era, and what is it and why? All right, so I I do like mid-century modern in its place. I mean, I grew up in the 70s, and, and uh, you know, I saw what happens if you have pure mid-century modern and nothing else to go with it, and quite honestly, it never resonated with me. So I like mid-century modern. I just don't want to go back to 1972 or, frankly, even 1965 or something like that. I appreciate the pieces, but I think that it needs to be blended and integrated with, uh, with some other eras of, of, of furniture. And that's actually what we try to do at Habitation. We do what we call a blended look uh, where we bring in pieces. So from a particular era, no, I don't have a particular era that I think is perfect. I think that what we need to do is take a look at the entire body of design work and pick pieces that work together and create kind of a reflection of what your personality is. That makes sense to me. You know, so I was listening to last week's uh, episode and I thought it was great. Uh, you guys were working. Jordan was making a, a beverage with candied bacon. The breakfast at Paisley. Yeah, when you were with Lena, and sounds like a wild one. I was curious if you have a go-to cocktail order. I <laughs> well, first and foremost, I'll drink just about anything, um, and I have a particular position on wine. By the way, I had uh, my nephew had just graduated from law school, and he called me at one point because he's trying to impress a date, and he asked me for input on wine, and I said, "Here's what all you need to know about wine right now, Alex. Do not develop a wine palate until you're 50 years old." Because if you learn what a good wine is from a bad wine before then, all it can do is drain your pocketbook and rob you of the ability to enjoy whatever is in front of you. So I'll drink just about anything overall. But I do have what I call the seasonal concept of cocktails. So if it's warm weather, I will drink a vodka water. I mean, it's refreshing, and because I have two kids who watch how much I'm drinking, I call it the everlasting cocktail. You pour in some vodka, they don't know what's in there. Every now and then you go to the refrigerator, you add more water, and then when they're not looking, you add vodka. In the, in the, in the cold season, I bring in brown liquors, and, uh, and that works. And then you mix in Manhattans and, and Old Fashions and some of the workhorse drinks. Well, this has been fantastic. I didn't mean to end on that particular note. But Drew Beeson, thank you for being on the show. This has been a lot of fun. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks again for having me. Look forward to having you listen to us again right here on AM950. This has been Drink in the Style, brought to you by Habitation Furnishing and Design. Please do stop in the store at some point. I'd be happy to introduce myself and show you some fantastic pieces of furniture. Brett, take us out. She's coming here to stay. Hey.